Morning all. Chris, you need that to make notes. Okay. Um, so, uh, you may be wondering why these are here. Chris borrowed these as well off me uh, this week. My swimming shorts, not the white speedos, just these. Um, and he said, I wonder if you can include that in your sermon. So, um, basically, I just thought, I just need a, a short amount of time to set up. That's it. All right. Okay. So, just got a few things here. But um, this is obviously the second uh, in, a, in a trilogy on risen, on the resurrection. Um, so, uh, I'm picking up, obviously, from what Chris started last week. Who was here last week? Okay. So, quite a few of you may have missed some of those things. If we can uh, start the slides now, Dave, that'd be fantastic. Um, so, some of the points that Chris made last week, our praise goes up to nobody. Okay. Um, so, that was uh, Chris's uh, rewritten song based on the fact that if, if resurrection is like just not true, then our praise is kind of going up to nobody because Jesus isn't risen, he isn't alive, and it's just falling on literally on deaf ears or dead ears. Um, so that was one of the key things from last week. Um, it, Christianity revolves around the resurrection. It, it's massive. It's what sets us aside from every other religion that we're, we're believing in, a, in an alive, or a resurrected God, and, and other religions don't do that. Um, if we don't believe in it, our worship is pointless. And if there is no resurrection, what kind of hope do we have for the afterlife? So those are the kind of some of the thoughts that Chris captured last week. And I'm just kind of building on that a little bit uh, this week, to be honest with you. So um, I'll carry on setting up while I'm chatting as well. I don't know whether you realize you're carrying around some things which you don't know you're carrying around. And you're not really kind of using it. Um, just carrying on putting these out. So one of those would be on your, your phone, quite possibly. Now, I'm a Samsung user. Who's a Samsung? Okay, liking it, liking it. Um, so you, <laughs> did you say Sam scum? Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm a Samsung. If you go into your Samsung, if you go into, uh, where do you find it now? Uh, in settings, accessibility. If you go into advanced, then you'll find something called voice label. Whoever uses that? No, okay. So us Samsung users, probably iPhone users have got it as well, but for them to get to it, they'd have to put in their password three times, charge their battery, and get a software update, you know. Um, but basically, uh, us Android users, we can get there straight away. Um, and you'll find this thing called voice label. We don't ever use it. None of us use it. Probably maybe most, most of us don't need to use it. But I thought, what is that? I'm, I'm, carrying this thing. I'm carrying this thing that I could use, but I don't ever use it. And basically, I think it's a pretty little nifty little thing. It's mainly for people who are perhaps visually impaired. So you can buy these little NFC tags. They're like little kind of electronic stickers. You know, you might think, well, that drill and that drill is pretty much the same thing. Or you might think, um, I don't know, say two bottles of, of these, look. Okay? If you're visually impaired and you want to have some juice, the apple juice... And the orange juice, same shaped carton, same feel to it. So if you're visually impaired, you get these little stickers and you record, you kind of program that sticker to say, apple juice. And you stick that sticker on that one. And then you get another little sticker, you record that match up and say, orange juice. And you set it with your phone, stick it on that one. So then as a visually impaired person, you can go to your fridge with your phone and as you pick it up, Apple juice. Your phone will tell you what you've just picked up. I thought, isn't that a great feature that I never use? Okay. Um, it's something that I, I carry around with me. I, it's there, 
but I'm just not really tapping into it. Perhaps I haven't got much of a need to. Maybe one day I will be even more visually impaired. I don't know. Um, but we carry this stuff around. And maybe, maybe, maybe that's a little bit like the resurrection. We kind of carry around a little bit of a knowledge about the resurrection, but we don't ever really tap into it. There's this phrase years ago, the BBC, Kids BBC kind of invented it really. Miss it, miss out. MIMO was the little kind of acronym they invented. Who remembers MIMO? Miss it, miss out. No, obviously didn't really catch off. No, okay. Um, you obviously missed it and missed out. Um, so MIMO, miss it, miss out. And that can be true for the resurrection. If we kind of really miss it, miss it. And I think on the back of last week, and judging by who's here today, I think we all kind of think, yeah, I, I, I know about the resurrection. I've heard about it. Yeah, I kind of go along with it. But yet we can still really miss it and therefore miss out. And that's what I'm kind of unpacking today. Here's my tiniest screwdriver, okay? It has an element of usefulness to it, okay? And I could carry that around me and I could do some stuff with it. I'll come back to that, don't worry. Um, the contrast is between the biblical people of years ago and between us now. See, I think when they had just lived on the back of the resurrection, you see the way the disciples were acting. You see how the Jesus is talked about in the kind of most of the New Testament, okay? And they are buzzing, okay? They are like, when's Jesus coming back again? They totally believed he died, he risen, um, he was alive. And it's like, when's Jesus coming back? When's Jesus coming back? And their focus was really about this alive, this risen, this resurrected Jesus. That was massive. So any of the books you go, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all about Jesus. After that, Acts and everything else, there's so much focus on Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, Jesus coming back again. And the resurrection clearly meant a lot to them. Contrast that with, with what we're like now. And I think, yeah, we believe in, in the resurrection. We believe probably most of us here that, yeah, I think Jesus will probably come back again one day. But it probably doesn't give us the same buzz that it did for the early disciples. We're a little bit like kind of, yeah, I, 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 can, I can live with that. I, I'd be, it'd be great if Jesus comes back, I guess, maybe, probably, would it? I don't know. And, and we're maybe a little bit indifferent towards it. We don't have maybe the same element of buzz that they carried um, back in those days. That, that group were more perhaps future-focused. And maybe we're a little bit today-focused. You know, we've got our bucket list we want to tick off first. And it'd be helpful if we could do that before Jesus comes back. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind uh, putting some new windows in at the house. And, and if I could do that before Jesus comes back. And I've got a nice holiday. I'd like to... Do you see what I mean? I wonder how many of us are just a little bit more kind of today-focused um, rather than future-focused. Do we believe this life that we've got now is the best that it's going to get? Is, is, this, is this it? You know, is this the best that things are? Or actually, do we believe that everything that is captured in the resurrection and the significance of that and the afterlife and the hope for eternity, wow, the best is yet to come. There are better days ahead. And I believe there's better days ahead here on earth as well as in heaven if we tap into the resurrection power. Now, I'm going to rewind a little bit. I've told you about how the kind of disciples were in that after the resurrection. But let's go a little bit back before, before it all happened. And Jesus was still around and he's still chatting to them. I think we've got some verses on the, the slides. Thanks, Dave. So, here's one of them. Matthew 16, 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it is necessary for him to go to Jerusalem 
and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders. Notice he told his disciples plainly. It was really clear, really obvious. Uh, He's going to suffer many terrible things at the hand of the elders, the leading priests, the teachers, the religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he'd be raised from the dead. So he's told them that quite plainly. Let's find another verse. Thanks, Dave. Uh, The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Okay? Now, I know we know the end of the story, but I kind of think, I'm sure, if I was a disciple back then, and Jesus said that to me, I know what he was talking about. Another verse, uh, in verse 32 of, of Luke 13. Jesus replied, go tell that fox, he's talking about Herod, that I will keep on casting out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I will accomplish my purpose. Several times, Jesus speaks to his disciples, telling them about the third day and about the fact that he would rise again. He told them really plainly, told them explicitly. It wasn't in code or anything like that. And yet they still seem to kind of miss it. They still seem to kind of miss it. And you know, when I was preparing this, I just had an overwhelming thought. I believe a godly thought that maybe for one person, maybe for several people here today, I wonder if this is you when it comes to compliments or encouragement or, or belief. I wonder if you're the type of person that people have been telling you over and over again, you're, you're a fantastic person. You're great. You're a real asset to us. Maybe in the church, maybe in your team at work. Oh, you're brilliant. And maybe you just, just no. It's just not sinking in. I don't know. I just had a real sense from God that maybe that's someone here today. Believe the truth, people. All right? Believe the truth. People are saying that to you. Imagine what God thinks of you. Right? He's saying, you're great. I see so much in you. I see so much potential in you. I see so many gifts and talents and abilities in you. You're an asset to the people that you're around. Believe it. Believe it. All right? God believes in you. Just wants you to believe in you as well. It's kind of a, a real aside, really, from what I'm saying, but I just really felt that strongness of preparing. In the same way that Jesus kept saying these, these things to the disciples, and they're just kind of not really taking it in, he's also saying that to you, maybe about who you are and the type of person you are. Anyway, so what ended up happening? We kind of know the story, but it all, we'll read it anyway. Uh, next verse, thanks, Dave. So, um, after Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he cast out seven demons. She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. Afterwards, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. And what happened? They didn't recognize it. They didn't, didn't take it on board. They rushed back to tell others, but no one believed them. Still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples that they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he'd been raised from the dead. So he's repeatedly told them while he's alive, I'm going to die. Three days later, I'll rise again. Mention it again. I'm going to die, but on the third day, I'll conquer it. I'm going to die. Three days later, they're like, right, right, right. So what happens? He dies. On the third day, he rises again and like, da-da! Um, and they're like, mm, don't believe it, don't believe it. Who, is this true? Is this, you know, who mentioned this before? Okay, and yet he's kind of missed, or they have missed, sorry, the message 
of the resurrection that Jesus was talking about, even though they were right there with him, there's a fact they didn't really catch. Maybe they were hearing, but not really listening. And I think we're all a little bit guilty of that at times. I know I can be, I'll, I'll admit it, sometimes a little bit hearing, but not really listening to Mel. Okay? Uh, sometimes we're chatting and... Um, and actually, even this came up in conversation yesterday, funny enough. We were out having a little cup of tea and a, and a Diet Coke, as we like to, you know, mix it up a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, and she's chatting away. And I couldn't help but thinking, oh, I really should have scored that goal yesterday in football. But then I'm like, no, no, I must, must listen. I must listen. I must, must be hearing. And then, actually, she referenced the fact that she'd been out earlier with Liz. And actually, she was saying, Liz is such a good listener. Okay? Liz is a good listener. And I'm thinking... Wow, I need to be more like Liz, okay? Um, because she is a listener, not just a hearer. And like I said, I'm sure we've all been caught out with that. And, and you know, I'm not the only guilty one. I'm sure Mel had it when she was in school as well, in maths lessons, where she would have, uh, she would have heard things, uh, but not really listened. And then, you know, when it gets to the exam, like, what's this three-sided shape? I've never seen that before. Um, you know, she just not really taking it in um, hey, am I the only one who sometimes just hears things but not really listening? Uh, okay. Um, no one else raised their hand. That's fine. Um, but the, the, the most, the, you know, the real big one with this, yeah? Who's been at mealtimes with that? Everyone having a phone, looking at their phones, have a phone. Oh, look at these. Look at these. Oh, it's falling apart. Okay. Been out for a meal? Maybe family meal? And people are, you know, just, yeah, we're having a chat. How's things going? Have a look at these. Okay. Special one for you, Claire. Look at that. Okay. And people are just um, doing exactly as they're doing now. Yeah? We have this device in our hand. They're trying to call each other. Um, all right. And as soon as it's there, it's just like, oh, we're kind of hearing the conversation that's going on, but we're not really listening because we've got these stinking devices in our hands. And again, I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been guilty of that. We can all hear, but not really listen. In the narrative, okay, God was kind of keeping this from them. So although when Jesus was around, um, often he says, like, you know, when he does a miracle and stuff, sometimes Jesus says, oh, don't tell anyone. You think, that's the weirdest thing, isn't it? Why would you not tell anyone? And God was kind of like, what to make sure Jesus' purposes were fully fulfilled um, before we went to the cross, before we was resurrected. But after that, it's like, right, now we go. Now we go. But we're not in that stage, right? We do know the end of the story. God's keeping nothing back from us. We know there definitely was, historically, a fact. guy called Jesus who lived and walked on this earth about 2,000 years ago. Absolute fact, okay? Even atheists will believe that. Fact, okay? There was a guy called Jesus, and Chris will come into more kind of the evidences next week about, like, well, what happened next then? Fact, he was crucified. Fact, everyone will agree that. But what happened next? What's the evidence for that? And like, so I won't go into that too much now. But we, but we know that as kind of facts. And we believe, I think most of us here, that it, he did rise from the dead. Okay? So we've, we've heard it. But are we still not maybe taking it on board? And maybe just the more I talk now, maybe your kind of little bit of knowledge about the resurrection it's just starting to just grow slightly into something a little bit bigger. 
we talk about a lot of things in our faith, we shout about a lot of things, but maybe the resurrection we don't really bring into it so much um, in our everyday lives. But, but missing out the resurrection is like kind of missing out the most crucial five minutes of the story. Imagine watching a film and missing the last five minutes. <sighs> Imagine that. It'd be like, I've got some little pictures here. It'd be like watching, um, watching Star Wars and not finding out that Darth Vader was Luke's dad. Sorry if you didn't realize that, by the way. Okay. You wouldn't know that Maximus defeated Commodus. You wouldn't know that they, they found Nemo. Yay! Uh, you wouldn't know that Dorothy woke up back in her house. And you wouldn't know that E.T. actually made it home. Does one more click do anything? Oh, my little animation. I had E.T. just uh, moving along. Never mind. Okay. That's three hours of my life I'll never get back. Um, okay. Um, but... It's like that. It's like we get so far and we've got so much of Christianity. And it's good, isn't it? Jesus is good. He's a great God. But the resurrection is that crucial last five minutes of his story really here while he was on earth. And to not really have that, to not really capture that fully, we're missing out. We're missing out. Maybe, maybe it's starting to grow. Maybe just thinking, there is more to this. I can do more. I can do more with this resurrection. I believe you can, okay? I believe we all can. We don't want you to miss this, the central message of our faith. It can, it can literally rock your world, right? It can dismantle your, your fears. It can produce joy and hope and cause you to live on purpose, okay? Not just live, not just exist, but choose to live on purpose. Jesus is risen. We've been singing about it. He is risen. He's alive and he's well and he's seated on the throne. His life is my life. His resurrection can be kind of my resurrection. His healing is my healing. His body will be my body one day. His inheritance is my inheritance. This is all what is wrapped up in the power of the resurrection. So, what does it mean? Because he is risen, he is alive. Okay? He is alive. Like I said right at the start, we worship a God, a Jesus, who is alive. He's living. He's, he's real. He's, he's, he's engaged and involved in every aspect of our lives. It's not just an idea. It's not just imagination. It's a significant realization. Because he is alive, we have a hope we can also rise again through the very same power that brought him up from the grave. And this is what I've kind of been building up to today. You know, maybe this resurrection has just been a little tiny part of our kind of tool bag of what we know about Christianity. Maybe as I've been talking, maybe you're thinking, actually, it should be more than that. It should be more than that. It should be, okay, now we're talking. Okay, it's even got a little kind of ratchet thing on it. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. But you probably know what I'm heading to. Okay, you know where I think we can go with this. Okay, the same power, this is mind-blowing, but if we capture it, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is in us. Okay, that is uh, just mind-blowing. Um, I'm going to play a song in a moment, which will hopefully make that message stick in, but that's the real kind of crux of the message today. Because he is alive, we know he hears us when we pray to him. Because he is alive, we know the events of the world are not out of control. 
okay? As Rachel touched on earlier, just got this thing going on. I've got this job situation, but I know he's in control because he is alive. Because he's alive, we know that the suffering in this world will not last forever. There is a hope. There is a hope for eternity. We believe in a heaven because he is alive. If he were dead, all I'd have is empty religion, but he's alive, so I have real power, real love, real transformation. Because of the resurrection, because of what he did, we stand in victory. We are on the winning side. The same power, that same power, we just got to believe it. It honestly, honestly is true. Do you see now how we need to just not just know, yeah, oh yeah, the resurrection is part of the Christian message, okay? Not just, oh yeah, no, Easter's really, you know, I've just, there's a whole other level of, of power, okay? A whole other level, you know, of, of power, okay? We're talking about doing some serious business for God, okay, if we tap into this kind of level of power. Technically, they're trying to do the same things. And we can do little things, and we need to do little things as well. But there's this power. There's this power that Jesus has sent. Tap into it. This resurrection power, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, lives in us. It's there. But for, to really get this to work, we actually do have to plug in. Yeah? We've got to plug into him. Otherwise, eventually, that power is there. You leave this for six months, leave it for a year, maybe even 18 months. It'll just fade and fade. And when we press the button, there'll be a ooh, ooh, ooh. Because if we don't plug in enough, that power is just going to go flat. If we try and keep doing, doing things in our own strength, we'll literally end up doing this. You know? Oh, that is hard work. I'd be better off sticking with that. Do you know what I mean? We've got this inside of us. We've got this inside of us. And yet sometimes we're still doing this because we're not plugging in enough, guys. We're not plugging in enough to the resurrection power. And the best thing is, it's free. It's there. It's ready and available every single day, every single week. You don't even have to wait for Sundays, okay? We can plug in whenever. Plug into his power. Plug into his resurrection power. And I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you think like, yeah, I, I knew about the resurrection. And I, I actually quite like the idea of the resurrection. No, I think the resurrection is quite important, actually. No, like Easter's massive. It's really, you know, Jesus rising from the dead. That really excites me. But are we there? Are we there? Maybe you have been here, and maybe just the battery's gone a bit flat. Okay? I just wanted today, if we want to just seize this opportunity today to plug in again, to God's power, the power of the resurrection, the same power that rose him from the dead. Tap in and get a fresh burst of that resurrection power. Why? What, just so we can all walk out really feeling? No, we want to go make a difference. Carrying and using that resurrection power. And the great thing is, the more we do use it, actually, we will find we'll kind of run out of money to plug in again. But it's because we're busy using God's power, using, I'm going to have to plug in again. Jesus, give me more, more of you, more of your spirit. I'm not, I want to do more. I want to use more. God, I just want to use by you. I want to use your power. I want to use your resurrection power. I need to, do you see? Do you see where God wants us to be? I'm not claiming I've nailed this, all right? I'm just saying we all need to do this. Surely we all need to do this.
I talked about a lot of the New Testament being kind of people just living in the knowledge and the real fresh knowledge and revelation of what the resurrection meant. Paul was like a super Christian, really, that lived uh, kind of after Jesus. And, and he, he got it. He wrote most of the New Testament. Most of the letters that you'll find in there were written by Paul. And so, so many of the things that he says in his different letters show that I, I want to tap into this. In Philippians, he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. In Romans, he says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And I'll just finish with this one, and then I'll just maybe invite you to respond in some way to the message today. And we'll probably sing the, the, the song that we sang about raising a hallelujah. It's a good way to finish. In Ephesians, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, far above all power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come.